KXRN LP. Laguna Niguel, Laguna, Laguna Beach. Beach. Member supported KXFM on 104.7. KXFMRadio.org. This disclaimer is a statement notifying listening odds that any opinions expressed in our shows are not representative of Laguna Radio Inc., its management, or its board of directors. Morning, Laguna Beach. This is Craig on Rainbow Radio here. That's a bright and sunny morning in Laguna Beach. 57 degrees on the way in, and uh, we're supposed to have some good weather up to 68 degrees. It is beach weather at 68 degrees. It is, but, but believe me. And then it's supposed to get down to 50 uh, to, th this evening. But for the rest of the week, it's in the 70s and sunny. We are so blessed here in Laguna Beach, California. Uh, it, it's... It's the center of the universe, in case you didn't know. <laughs> I'm doing a live uh, Zoom today. I have a couple guests here. Let's see if they can unmute their mics and say hello. Or do I? Oh, Hello. Hello, Rick. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Rick was a recent guest and on uh, KXFM radio, Rainbow Radio, and so was Daniel Garza, but he is not, uh, he's ignoring me at the moment, so don't wait. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Uh, I, we can't see your, you live, so are you in your PJs and, and have your, your hair not done or what? <laughs> I have my morning hair. Here we go. <laughs> Uh, so we're we're this is a, a first here at KXFM for Rainbow Radio. We're doing a uh, a Zoom and and no guests. And I want to do this probably once a month, just have a Zoom, so we can kind of check up with the family, see what's going on in the neighborhood, and keep everyone up to date. Uh, although I do have lots of news and a lot of lot of things to report this morning. Um, first of all, I want to thank Mike Johnson. And I, I guess first of all, I want to thank Daniel because we raised some money here for KXFM and for the station, for my program to stay on, it's, 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 it's they say it's not a requirement, but they'd like to see a certain amount of money uh, for each program to, to support the station. And I think my uh, tag was 500. Well, we surpassed that. We got up to 1300, thank you. And so, through the generosity of the listeners, and I dearly appreciate that. So I wanna say that uh, thank you to everyone. A shout out. Uh, I think we're good for uh, a year, although every little bit helps, uh, uh, you know, for the costs. I donate my time, and uh, which is considerable. I mean, and I do all the, the marketing for it, and uh, I, get, I do not get any compensation. I just want everyone to know that. So uh, the money goes towards the technical um, needs of keeping the program on the air, and that's the only way we can do it. So we, and the only way we can do it is through the generosity of, of our listeners, you know? So, um, yes. Uh, since I have guests, I'm just going to pop in here. Rick, you, I heard you sing a song, uh, the other day that you wrote that now someone else is, is releasing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's a Christmas song. Yeah. Midnight will be clear. 
and it just came out. Adrian Christian singing it did a great job. Yeah, and it's on uh, iTunes, and it's uh, this WMCT Radio is, I guess, putting it on their rotation list for wow. the Christmas songs. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's, it kind of reminds me a little Nas and and Billy Ray Cyrus that kind of did that country sound. It kind of has a little country sound to it, but country, much, yeah, much, much more uh, sedate or I guess more more quiet program or song. It's not quite as let's say in your face as as little Nas. <laughs> <laughs> So, no, it's fun. I listened to both of you sing it. Okay. I did a video to my version, too. Uh, yeah, I did your version, I, and I listened. On a, on a video, too, on I YouTube. I won't comment. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> well, I know he's a better singer, so you can uh, say that. <laughs> well, that's all right. No, um, actually, a little different style more than anything, a little bit, you know. But he'll he'll be our guest this uh, next week, on next a week from today. So, And that is uh, Adrian Christian in... Actually, I have a little information about him. He's been on the program before, uh, and the song he's going uh, is being released, which Rick wrote, right? Yes. Uh, and is "Midnight Will Be Clear," and it's about um, well, it's the title of Adrian Christian's first uh, Christmas single. The song penned by Rick Sudi, guitarist. I know I'm saying that wrong, but Karatash, that's okay. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Karatash. Uh, has gained uh, rotation on Nashville radio, where Adrian recorded it uh, with hit producer Kevin Leach. The uniqueness of the Christmas song is that it speaks of a man who has become sober and is about to have the best Christmas of his life, said Adrian. Isn't that, that's, that's bringing a tear to my eye already. Adrian was born in New York and moved to California to pursue his career as a singer and actor after releasing his first EP, A Song for You. He embarked on a 50-city national tour, including a stop in Puerto Rico. I was going to say that. Puerto Rico. <laughs> With a mission uh, team, he formed, to uh, he formed to repair rooftops over the homes of people who were devastated by Hurricane Maria. So not only is he a singer, he's an honorable one. That's all good. <laughs> I'm very happy about that. <laughs> so... Um, Back to my back to my regular program now. So, if anyone's out there and wants to tune in on Zoom, I did send a, an e blast out to everyone. If you got it and you want to share the program with us, uh, please do so. We're here, and we're going to go on with today's news. Uh, I like to do this on on this day in history. And if if either of uh, my listeners out there that are on Zoom want to chime in, that's kind of the purpose here. It's it's because. Uh, I, I like to do this day in history because it takes history and makes it relevant to today. So it, because it, it starts in the, in, well, this particular uh, November 28th, which is today uh, in 1977, it goes up to 1998 with some uh, LGBTQ history. I should say that, that that is LGBTQ history. So in 1977 in Aspen, Colorado, uh, Aspen, Colorado City Council passed a gay rights ordinance that forbids the discrimination in employment, housing, public transportation, and public services. Now, remember, that's 77. That's a while ago. So that's a pretty progressive, but Aspen is probably a pretty progressive city. Um, uh, I just leave it at that because not all of every state has progressive cities. Uh, in 1988, a Dallas judge sentences the killer of two gay men to 30 years in prison instead of life sentence because, as he later tells the Dallas Times Herald, I don't much care for queers cruising the streets. The Dallas Gay Alliance joins uh, political leaders across the country in protesting the judge's decision. That was in 88. We've come a ways, I hope. <laughs> In 1998, in Alliston, Massachusetts, transgender woman and color of, of color, Rita Hester, is murdered. The ensuing candlelight vigil a few days later is attended by 250 people and inspired by the Transgender Day of Remembrance observed each November 20th worldwide. Actually, it's the whole month is transgender now of November, if you didn't know that. Yeah which is, that's great. I, I, I applaud that in every, in every sense of the word. And uh, now, and tomorrow on this day in history, uh, we have a 1933, oh, we're going way back. Sometimes it goes back to 1600. 
I don't remember far that back. Do you, Rick? <laughs> Daniel, you oh. don't remember? No. It's, no. Uh, maybe read about it in history books. Yeah. Okay. 1933, <laughs> close to bankrupt, bankruptcy after a reported Nazi raids and seizures of his publications and property, Adolf Brand writes a letter to his followers announcing the end of homophile of the homophile movement he has led, you know, probably to save his butt. In 1984, in West Hollywood, the first city in the U.S. to have a city council with the majority of LGBTQ members is incorporated in Los Angeles County. How about that? See, California, we have a lot of firsts, you know. So, oh, I see Michelle's coming in uh, as connecting. That's fabulous. Um, the... Uh, what I wanted to say about in West Hollywood, did you just, um, there is a city nearby that the entire city council, including the mayor, are LGBTQ. That would be Palm Springs. Prior to that, the mayor, Mayor Moon, I don't know who the mayor is now, but Mayor Moon, which is, believe it or not, that's his last name. He has a lot of credentials. Brilliant man. <laughs> and um, Mayor Moon, uh, was gay or is gay and he's still there. I think he's still on the city council. But anyway, I digress as I, I tend to do. So bear with me. So in 2004, moving forward, without comment, the Supreme Court of the United States refuses to hear arguments appealing the Massachusetts Supreme uh, Judicial Court ruling that same-sex marriage must be allowed in the state, in essence, letting the ruling stand. Wow. 2004 in Massachusetts. Good on them. 2007, Uruguay becomes the first Latin American country to pass a national civil union law. You know, civil union. See, I had a, I don't know, my, my, I have a friend who's an attorney. Everyone has a few attorney friends, right? And, and he's very honorable. In fact, I, I didn't, I changed my entire opinion about attorneys having known my friend because he is very honorable. And we, the, the topic came up uh, um, between having, uh, what, what's it, a civil union as opposed to being married. And uh, I would think, well, I said, that sounds all right. And he says, no, you don't understand. I'm going, okay, Dennis, I don't. And he goes, no. <laughs> there are, on the records, there are something like, Oh, if, it depends how you want to look at it, but there's over 1,500 uh, laws that marriage provides protection for that you don't get in a civil union. And he said, that's just starting the count. So he said, it's, it's, not, it's not fair. It's, it's, all it does is try to appease people with, the, with the, the wrong message and the wrong outcome. So, so I've gone on record saying that. It's, it's mar it should be marriage. It shouldn't be. But anyway, I think... It's all a process, like don't ask, don't tell was a step in the direction of uh, gays in the military. And it did come around, although don't ask, don't tell, I think was worse than, than what they had before. But it brought it to people's attention. And, and I think through that, it became a good deal. Is there any opinion out there? No one's, everyone's nodding their heads. <laughs> so. now, we're just listening intently. Uh, oh, thank you, Rick. <laughs> this is new for me. So uh, to have a, uh, people in my studio right here, although virtually, but yeah. So, and next week we will have, uh, like I said, we'll have Adrian on Zoom and uh, to, for the interview, which should be interesting. So uh, November 30th in 1624, man, I, Daniel, I know you remember that. I, I'm a little older than people think, so yes, I do. I, I was there. Oh, okay. This is what happened, in case you forgot. In the Virginia colony, Richard Cornish is hanged for allegedly making advances on a ship's steward. His conviction and execution angrily contested by his brother and others as the first to be recorded in America, the American colonies. So... Um, for allegedly making advances on a ship's steward. See, now there's there's there is a um, <laughs> there's some history about the shipping industry in the early times, and 
they would always have every ship always had a manifest of what uh, they had on board, you know, and it was duly noted that there was usually one young boy as part of the cargo. And there was some uh, consternation about what this one young boy was there for. And uh, it became apparent that uh, he was there for other reasons than work, really hard work. So I don't know what to say, but I found that interesting, one young boy on board. And that would be a quite a job to have. <laughs> oh, but I digress. I'm Someone's going to come running in the studio here if I keep this up. Okay, in 1977, gay playwright Terrence Ritt Rittigan dies in Bermuda at the age of 66. I don't know Terrence Rittigan. Maybe my listeners do. Anyway, in 1989, U.S. city of Columbus, Ohio, adopts a hate crimes bill, which includes sexual orientation. That's in 89. I think in, in the 80s, it, we started bubbling to the surface a lot more, uh, even with HIV and all the negative things. But um, there was that was a very liberating time, and we're still in that process. Some other communities in the United States are not even to where we were back then. Um, Attitudes change up, takes a time, takes a while. In 1993, don't ask, don't tell, here we go, don't pursue, don't harass policy, goes into effect in the United States Armed Forces. That was 93, and that was Bill Clinton, right? In 95, the U.S. government-sponsored advertising targeting gay and men debuts on the evening eve of the World AIDS Day when the Centers for Disease Control and the Prevention releases a public service television announcement cautioning men to have smart sex. Wow. 95, was Reagan in power? I think so. 2004, in the case of Forney um, and Minister of Home Affairs, the Supreme Court appeals in South Africa rules that the common law definition of marriage must be extended to include same-sex couples. This is in Africa? See, I, I, I look, there's, if you're a... a Wondering where I get all, well, I get my news off a news service organization called, called Altura, A-L-T-U-R-A.com. And they've got a lot of news all over the world, and it, it's interesting. And so I've, I've been educating myself. <laughs> I've become a bit more educated, and um, with that, I've learned that uh, certain countries in Africa are very, very conservative, and criminal punishment is still um, on the books for even death. And uh, it's not so good. And uh, there's other countries in, in Africa that are very, pretty liberal and pretty accepting. So, you know, I just, I don't know what to make of it, but it, that it, it changes the culture. It changes drastically from country to country in, in, in South or in Africa. Um, I'm not surprised. I well, it's fun. In the United States, the different states are kind of that's true. like that. And, you know, they're, they're back, you know, behind the times. That's very true. We can make that same comparison. But I don't think any of the states have capital punishment for, for uh, being gay. Not yet. I'm sure some are pushing for that, though. Yeah, I'm sure somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Quite the optimist you are. Well, no, I'm too. Hopefully we have change coming. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> so um, in... Uh, South Africa, common law definition of marriage, the Marriage Act, and the government took the decision on appeal to the Constitutional Court. And doesn't say what the outcome was, but okay, this, let's let's do one more here. I don't want to bore everyone too much with that, but December first, that is next month, and it's coming right up. And that is in 1981, the legislature of Canadian province of Ontario defeats an amendment in which would have added sexual orientation to human rights code. Oh, that's 81, so maybe they fixed it. In 1988, the first World AIDS Day organized by the World Health Organization is held. I wonder where. Maybe all over the world. How about that? 1989, Alvin Alley dies from AIDS-related complications. In 1998, officials in Miami, Florida, vote 7-6 to six to prohibit discrimination based on sexual orientation in employment and housing. Where was Anita Bryant? That should not have happened. <laughs> 
Oh, I'm be, I'm being bad. All right. In 2003, the United Kingdom, the Employment Equality Sexual Orientation Regulations 2003 are introduced, making discrimination against lesbian, gay, bisexual employees unlawful. However, regulators do not apply the pension pension rights or to employees of religious organizations because they can't force religious organizations to say that they are cool with same-sex whatever. In 2005, the Constitutional Court of, Court of South Africa hands down its judgment in the case of the Minister of Home Affairs versus Forey, declaring that it is unconstitutional for the government to allow marriage for opposite-sex couples but not for same-sex couples. The judgment is suspended for one year to allow Parliament to rectify the discrimination. So I hope they rectified it. So that's the news. <laughs> that's this well, day in history. You know, Craig, I'm glad you brought up the uh, World AIDS Day. Uh, yesterday, yeah. I volunteered with the Laguna Beach HIV Advisory Committee to put up the ribbons that we do every year oh, in yeah. downtown Laguna. So if you walk around downtown Laguna Beach, you can see ribbons around some of the trees with names of people who have passed from AIDS complications. So is that, that's right now as we speak? Correct, we put those up yesterday. So you can yes. walk down to Laguna Beach oh my downtown God. and check those out. Are they all around Forest Avenue and down to the, be the main beach? Yeah, it starts from City Hall and then it's just perched down towards the beach. Oh, wow. Well, good on you. When did it was? Um, oh, I'm trying to think of uh, Doctor. What's his name? That's uh, Doctor. Jorgensen. Yes, was he there? Yeah, he was there with us yesterday. And uh, yeah. if you know, I think everybody in Laguna Beach knows Sandy St. John. So she was out there. Yeah. Also, she's part of the committee. I'm no longer part of the committee, but I was a chair several years ago. And uh, but I still like to go to that part. It's really exciting. Oh, yeah, I went because. Uh, the tourists will. The tourists who are walking around are curious of what you're doing, so they'll ask, and it's nice to still get that information out and let them know that uh, yeah. what they represent. Yeah, and the battle's not over. That's what's the, so often forgotten, you know. Unfortunately, unfortunately. So, I, so that was what you were doing yesterday. Yeah, this year I'm celebrating. This is my 20th World AIDS Day as an HIV positive man. Wow. That's good on you. <laughs> An example, um, Daniel has quite a, a, a history of survival against many odds, and I praise him for that again and again, and he's a testament to those people out there, for those people out there that think perhaps they've got a, a bad deal. If you, if, you know what a, if you know Daniel, you know what a bad deal is, and he is a survivor, so... We uh, and more than a survivor, I should say. He's a, Thank you. He's a vibrant I, part of the community, and we appreciate that. I uh, have not been voted off the island yet, so I'm still here. Yeah, haven't. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate it, Daniel. Yeah. So we're going to take a short music break, and we will be back on the other side of. Uh, oh no, I don't want to do that. What do you want? How about? Um, well, we'll do that. It's. It's Madonna, a Madonna song. I'm sorry. We have to hear a Madonna song once in a while. But we'll be right back. This is Craig on KXFM 104.7, Laguna Beach's only FM radio station. And this is Rainbow Radio here Saturday morning, the 28th of November. After it all, oh, it is a holiday. <laughs> the holidays. Oh.
Oh, that reminds me of my DJing days at uh, Main Street Bar and Cabaret, and that was my go-to song. Uh, actually, it was uh, Eamon Higgins, who works at the Wharf now. That was his favorite song. C could you play? And I would play it, and I'd get a fr free drink. <laughs> Go figure. Anyway, holiday. It is the holidays. Uh, they officially started uh, Thursday, I think. And I um, I played uh, Let It Snow, Let It Snow at the house yesterday, and my landlady came unglued <laughs> and she was going to go throw up. I said, that's not very nice. <laughs> anyway, they're not supposed to play Christmas music until after um, uh Thanksgiving, and it was the day after Thanksgiving, so I don't know what the problem was. So. You need to give the turkey its due respect. You should oh. not play uh, Christmas music till after you eat the turkey. Oh, oh well, we'd already eaten the turkey, yeah, big time. So it, she had she had no room. I'm sorry. So um, we were talking about HIV a minute ago. There, I, I found this uh, this interesting tidbit of news: HIV, HIV tests to be dispensed through vending machines uh, in, uh, in first for NZ. I don't know what NZ. Oh, New Zealand. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I'm not quite that hip. So it says, in the first New Zealand at home, self-administered HIV testing kits will be available uh, for free through a smart vending machines. Machines are a new innovation by the New Zealand AIDS Foundation to break down barriers in accessing HIV testing. Regular testing ensures people know their status and can start treatment sooner, but, in the, uh, but New Zealand AIDS Foundation estimates 50% of gay and bisexual men are not out to their healthcare providers. The vending machines will be in venues where men who have sex with men congregate. Oh my. In a bid to provide tests to people who fall through the gaps in the health system or want to be discreet about their sexuality, there will be a day, one day, when discret being discreet is not a prerequisite to being gay. I swear. <laughs> and I'm, I'm unanimous in that. Now, more news. Federal, this, I find this disturbing, and I, I can't understand, and I'd love to hear both of you guys' comment on this. Federal appeals court strikes down conversion therapy therapy bans in Florida. Awful. Thank you. Daniel, any comment? I, you know, I, my first thought was, of course, it's Florida. Um, <laughs> not, no offense to anyone from Florida, but... I agree. They have a bit of a history. But, um, you know, I, one of my platforms in my advocacy work is education on HIV and AIDS, but it also includes uh, diversity. There's, a, there's talks about LGBT in all yeah. my presentations, obviously. Um, but I, one of the things that I talk about, too, is that so long as there is religious power in any country uh, where they can use that as shame and, and stigma um, and to put down people and hold people prisoners to their own thoughts, we're going to continue to have issues like this. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not, it's not so much fighting the conversion therapy places, it's, it's helping people with very strong religious beliefs to change the way they think. You know, uh, I had uh, a phone interview with a... Um, with a lady who uh, I believe she lives in Corona del Mar, but she's written a book and she hasn't got it published yet. But the book is in the book is goes through religion and it disarms everything that is said in religion and pulls it back, pulls back the curtain to see it what for what it really is and makes and it's I guess she is adamant that every religion out there should look at this because this is what it's really truly. Uh, the true evidence that tr it's truthful. So I've invited her to be on this on the program, and it would be interesting to see what her spin is on uh, all these things. And I, you, I love it when they say, "Okay, that uh, being uh, gay is abomination." But now I have a question: Should I should I kill my sister because I don't know? There's all the, what are some of them? They're crazy. That they, they, 
Yeah, stone them if they if you meet meet on Friday or if you wear for a football is made out of oh yeah some kind of animal thing that you are supposed to be so you you'd have to stop playing football you'd have to stop uh, yeah all these things uh, yeah mixing mixing uh, brands uh, or materials in oh, clothing that's right clothing yeah we wear sea, polyester seafood at the same time no, it's bad yeah no more seafood oh, so don't need right there goes the shrimp cocktail yeah okay well we. See, there you go. You could just you could use religion for many, many purposes. So, anyway, yeah. I, um, the federal uh, federal uh, a divided federal appeals court Friday struck down measures passed in Palm Beach, California, or California County, not California, and the city of Boca Raton uh, that blocked the controversial practice known as conversion therapy, saying the prohibitions uh, violated the First Amendment. Now, that's where I have an issue with the justices. The violates the First Amendment. They decided long ago that if you stand up in a theater and yell fire because harm is imminent and it, and it causes the loss of lives or destroys people's lives or there's a, the same thing happens, I think, when you practice uh, disproven, harmful, uh, damaging life-altering uh, psychotherapy that is not founded in any science or supported by any and on any professional level as that it works and is honorable. In fact, it destroys lives more than, than you can. And if you're not 18, you have no choice, you know. Your parents can put you there. If you run away, they can uh, force you. So it's, anyway, I, oof. Let yeah, me that... <laughs> That whole thing with religion, yeah. Well, I don't know if you remember in my book that there's a chapter on religion called Pray the Gay Bashers Away instead of Pray the Gay Away. You know, Pray oh, the Gay Bashers well, Away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rick wrote a book. What's, uh, oh, my, what is it? Oh, Rainbow Uncle. Rainbow Relatives. Oh, yeah, Rainbow Relatives, of, yeah. Yeah, which I think speaking. is appropriate around the holidays when you all sit down, have your turkey, and yeah. where's Uncle Fred? Well, he was having Thanksgiving with his husband. <sighs> <laughs> what was it? There was a new movie I watched on new Netflix and uh, yes, Uncle Frank. Oh, Uncle Frank. Yeah. I just saw it last night. Excellent movie, oh, 1973. Yes, yeah, so that it was I interesting. Just, I could relate to it on so many levels. And Uncle Frank, and I won't kind of want to give a spoiler alert, but if you haven't, uh, you want to see something that was in the 70s. Was it Rick? Was it like 1973? Yes. Yeah, so you forgot how many. It was illegal to be in certain states and be yeah. Yeah. I immoral, illegal, and a, and a, disease, uh, a mental disorder. Yep. So you, you, you couldn't win on any level. I mean, okay, let's see. So let's see. What, what else did they say about this? Um, in a two-to-one decision cited with marriage and family therapist Robert Otto and Julie Hamilton, who challenged the constitutionality on the county and city ordinances. So they apparently believe Robert and Julie, Robert Otto and Julie Hamilton, write them a letter, folks. <laughs> they obviously believe that uh, it works. Uh, the ordinance barred therapists from providing treatment or counseling that is designed to change minor sexual orientation or gender identity. Critics of such therapy say it harms minors who are lesbian, gay, bisexual, or transgender. While acknowledged, uh, acknowledging the controversy of the issue, the majority opinion said the ordinances violated the First Amendment rights of therapists who want to provide such treatment or counseling. Yeah. Disgusting. Anyway, so there's some more news here. <laughs> um, I don't want to hear this. Okay, gay couple risks 100 lashes after being attacked and dragged out of their home by a mob in uh, West Hollywood. No, <laughs> okay, sorry. A gay couple in, uh, uh, they're not telling me where this is, in Indonesia, sorry. A gay couple in Banda Ach, Indonesia, was forcibly dragged out of their homes to police station and now run the risk of being lashed a hundred times, all because of their illegal sexual orientation. So God t makes you gay and it's illegal. So why don't you persecute God? Like, like Pete Buttigieg says, I don't, you don't have an argument with me. You have an argument with my maker. 
And I was like, that's a, that's a good take back. <laughs> so signaling the depth of anger felt, the depth of anger felt towards LGBT people in the Republic, a crowd of locals stormed the home of the 26-year-old M.U. Uh, uh, Moo, M.U., and a uh, 34-year-old T.A. in, that's weird, um, neighborhoods on November 14th. According to the Asian News, the pair are now being tried by a Quranic court in the provincial capital with, in the next 20 days. Provisions of the province Islamic Penal Code, the Quran, also means that the men face maximum prison sentences of eight years as well as a ASA fine of one kilogram of gold. That's interesting. <laughs> Got to appease, the, <laughs> appease them with a kilogram of gold. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, my. Uh, we have more news. It's getting uh, more... Oh, now I like this one. <laughs> this is this is kind of fun. Uh, pride celebrations were held together on the North and South Poles for the first time. Did you know that? <laughs> the North and South Poles have, I bet it was one cold night, <laughs> one cold day. <laughs> but there's some... You know there's, a, you know there's a top and bottom joke in there somewhere. I know. <laughs> I, I was being very careful. <laughs> uh, I, to, to, at least we're not talking about left or right. So, like, no, there you go. Which which way does your South Pole point? Oh, <clears throat> and uh, without further ado, two years after the Pride officially reached out, uh, reached all seven continents on the globe, the first ever Polar Pride Day was celebrated last week. People working on both, both sides, on both poles, excuse me, of the earth recognized the landmark event simultaneously on November 18th. Uh, the announcement was made jointly by the governments of British Antarctic Territory, BAT, and the government of South Georgia and the South Sandwich Islands, which operate parts of the Antarctica, where the South Pole is located, in case you didn't know. Uh, researchers in the Arctic joined in two. The celebrations uh, were part of recognizing the 200th anniversary of the discovery of the Antarctica, and they also were uh, an extension of International Day of LGBTQIA+. Now, I have to, that's a new one. QIA? Hmm. Anyway, a pe uh, and people in STEM celebrations, which is, uh, which is organized to promote out representation in science fields such as Arctic research. So that's wonderful. It's we're officially global now, <laughs> top and bottom global. <laughs> oh, let's uh, let's move that along before that gets out of hand. <laughs> um, Hungary's same-sex couples a narrow window to adopt is closing. So this is not this is not nice. Uh, um. After three years, Marion Powell and his partner, uh, or Martin Powell, and his partner, Adam Hanoi, received a phone call that they had been waiting for in, uh, in 2018, and a few months later, they adopted Andris, a smart and lively boy who has since turned four. As Hungarian same-sex couple, the, way, uh, the only way to adopt is if Powell were a um, Powell, one of the adults, uh, applied as a single person. During the interview, they told the adoption agency that they were, in fact, a couple. After six months, uh, he, got the per he got the permission. In the same year, they decided Andrus would uh, fare better with a brother or sister, and at this time, Hanoi applied. They had been waiting since November 2018 for the phone to ring again. Now they fear that the call may never come, since Hungary's national government is pulling for forward legislation that would practically ban adoption, adoption by same-sex couples in the rights groups have, um, in what rights groups have said is an attack on LGBTQ community. And I have, I, I, I like to always add this, but so, so Rick, you get married and you and your husband, um, uh, let's just say you, you and your husband uh, have a nice life and you're just tired of, of a dog. You want 
a dog is not enough of a family for you want to have a child, right? So you think about it, right? You talk about the risk, the expense of a child, um, the adoption costs and college perhaps and clothes and food and all those things. So my point is if a gay couple wants to have a child, it's a decision I feel is well thought out. It's not an accident, so to speak, or it's not an unplanned uh, pregnancy, which, uh, I don't know, in my high school, there were a lot of them. And uh, even close to me, uh, you know, young adults were getting married because that was the right thing to do, not because they were necessarily in love. That's one, one thing. And then the other thing is that a lifetime commitment at such a young age so when you're gay, I would think that uh, having uh, a planned, a much more, I feel, much more planned parenting uh, with an adoption is a much, of, I would think. Yes, that's very true. Yeah. Um, I remember Liz Mullen said that to me. She does stuff with PFLAG and I yeah. interviewed her in my book. And she that's one of the points she made when gay couples adopt, they've, they're more apt to treat the child better or love them because it's been so planned out it wasn't a surprise or it wasn't you know they they have to go through all these hoops and stuff to to do that so there's more commitment and more yeah just and in general you know obviously it doesn't apply yeah. to every single person but yeah right and i think uh i mean that speaks volumes to why it uh, i feel that uh the counties and the states should support uh same-sex couples adopting and you know without they should be very supportive of it, I feel. But that's just me. <laughs> so I, I'm probably past the parenting phase in my life because I don't know that I'd have the uh, tolerance. <laughs> but, you know, I also have friends who are in their 60s that they have kids and that's the happiest moment they've ever had. So who's to judge and who's to judge what a, a, a relationship is? Now, um, we're getting a bank. Did you know that, Daniel? We are. We're getting is a there, bank. The is there money in there for us? <laughs> we hope. The LGBT plus digital banking platform launches in the United States. How about that? New York, uh, Thomson Reuters Foundation, the first LGBT plus owned and targeted digital banking platform launched in the United States this week part of a growing growing effort to meet the needs of the gay and transgendered customers. Uh, Daylight is the name of it. Uh, the new platform said it has developed uh, tools um, and content to help LGBTQ Americans reach specific financial goals such as saving money for sur surrogacy or gender uh, transition surgery or to make banking more inclusive. Uh, the nation's LGBTQ plus population wields some one trillion in collective spending power, but are mostly underserved by banks that fail to tap into their assets or address their interests. So we have a bank, and it's a daylight, the new platform. So it's a but it's a digital, so you can do it anywhere. That's there are several. There, I uh, Uber has a bank that's digital. Well, they have an affiliation with a bank that's digital. They don't have offices, ne don't plan to, never will, can't walk in, but you can do everything online, which uh, in this day and age is uh, more the norm than the exception, right? <laughs> Isn't that what we're mostly doing everybody now? Just yeah. remotely, digital? As we speak, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> now this next, I promised Rick, Anna, and... Um, What's that other guy's name? Adrian. Adrian. Adrian Christian. <laughs> Adrian Christian, that I would play their song. Uh, now, this is a song that Rick wrote from the heart, right? A little bit from the mind also. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you had to get some notes in there, I suppose. And uh, that his uh, close friend associate ha has uh, produced uh, and, and done, and it just, it was released and is available. So we're going to play it. It's called Midnight Will Be Clear. Here we go. 
Christmas Eve in the past He would go to midnight mass He'd sing songs of praise With gin on his breath His mind in a haze Not a day went by He didn't need to get higher The taste of his drink As sweet as the sound of the choir His favorite song of the season Is always ringing in his ears His New Year's resolution He put down the bottle It's been almost a year His Christmas will be the first one in a long time Midnight will be clear Midnight will be clear Said, Lord, help me, please. As soon as he did, he felt peace in his soul. On this holy day, he'd sing that glorious song of old. His favorite song of the season is always ringing in his ears. His New Year's resolution. I think that's wonderful. I hope it becomes a standard for Christmas for years oh, to come. I hope so. It has a wonderful message and has a bit of the, the country, like my dog died, my truck broke down and a bit to it, which is so prevalent in so many country songs, I think. But what I, I go on. What were, you, what were you saying, Rick? Well, he recorded that in Nashville, so it has that flavor. But and it's funny, that's a more serious song I wrote. Some other Christmas songs I wrote were like, All I Want for Christmas is Some Sleep. And we did a fun video for that. And I did one, White Sand Christmas, and a kind of a raunchy song, Naughty or Nice. That was a Christmas song. Oh, so, well, yeah. You should have a, you should put a few others out there. I remember Elmo and Patsy would entertain mm -hmm. at the Hyatt Lake Tahoe. And they had this song they sang every Christmas. I was I worked there. And it was grandma got run over by a reindeer. I remember that, yeah. <laughs> and it was a fun song. The the the, the sleigh tracks were on grandma. <laughs> she could... Yeah. They haven't played that. They used to play that every year for like 15 years. In the, but I don't think they played it in a long time. Maybe it's too... Uh, well, I don't think it killed grandma. I think she just got run I... over. Well, oh, in, the, in the video they did, she they were oh, at, a, no. at a funeral, I think. <laughs> I think a couple of years ago, a lot of the Christmas stations did a review of some of the songs and what they really, or how politically incorrect they were. And I think that Grandma's song was one of the songs that, yeah, uh, along uh, along with uh, "It's Cold Outside" and you know, I, all these songs. Oh, right. I had one relationship in my life. I said, well, I've had several, but one that was significant is to say and. And he went to therapy and he came back. Uh, he needed to go. I went to, but 
long, long story. Anyway, he came back and he says, do you know how many songs are really unhealthy? And I said, no, what do you mean, Dana? And he goes, if you listen to people, people who need people, it's all about being codependent. <laughs> and so I started looking at listening, you know, and there's a lot of songs. Burt Baccarat, Wives and Lovers is a real good one. Um, put your makeup on. They're always, you know, for men will be men. There's always women at the office and a very sexist. So there's a lot of songs that are the time has changed, <laughs> so, but you, if you listen to it, you, you'll be shocked. Speaking of the times changed, did you know that in Thanksgiving Day Parade, they did have it this year? It was uh, modified, but I bring it up because the LGBTQ marching band is first to perform in Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. How about that? Uh, the lesbian and gay Big Apple Corps, LG Back, on Thursday became the first LGBT marching band to perform at Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. One of the first queer marching bands in the United States was founded in 1979 in New York City. At Thursday's scale-down parade, the marching band performed ABBA, Dance and Queen. Shocking, I know. And they did a really good job. They did a really, oh, really? good job. Did you watch it? Yeah, I watched the on YouTube. They have the, the, the recording. The only thing that I will... Yeah, of course, of course, but it's it's. I, I like Macy's. I I don't shop there often, but the only thing I didn't like was that they did all this digital uh, oh. stuff, and they put like fifty rainbow balloons that digitally over them. Yeah, and I was like, that's a little overkill. Like, do we yeah. do we really have to like like can't you just let the band be the band I, and I, let them? I, I, tend to agree with you on that one yeah even it is what it is you know uh, what else does it say uh that thursday scale down parade the marching band performed abba dancing queen a tribute to the lgbtq pride parades canceled this year due to coronavirus pandemic uh, marita begley the group's director uh, described performing at the annual parade as reaching the mountaintop Speaking with the Atlantic, uh, Begley called the marching band's members quiet activists. Uh, we were quiet activists. No one would act up to, uh, would invite act up to the parade, she said, referring to the HIV AIDS group. Uh, but small towns were inviting the lesbian and gay Big Apple Corps to march in their 4th of July parade. It was also almost subversive to use the most uh, mom and apple pie, all American mediums, the marching band to open minds. How about that? That is, I never thought about that. Yeah, it's so American, wave the flag. And the way the flag is for everyone, not just for certain political <laughs> groups. It's for everyone. <laughs> but I digress, you know. Uh, this has been wonderful. We got just a, a few minutes to to probably wrap this up. What do we got? Yeah. And uh, uh, Daniel, did you have anything you wanted to shout out to anyone out there in, in Radio Land? Uh, well, first of all, thank you for having had me there on the show. It was, it was such a great experience. So much fun. I hope, I hope the, 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 the station manager will let me back in. Uh, I'd love to come back and visit. And, you know, from you, it's really cool to see Rick here this morning because, because of you, I reached out to Rick and he's going to be a guest on my show. So he'll really? be doing, yeah, I'll be interviewing him. So uh, Some good synergy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It, I, I, I want to congratulate you because you do bring people together. And I told you that on the show, you're such a force of energy. You're such a, a good uh, gravitational pull for oh, positive energy. And here you are. You brought us together. So thank it's you. Like, yeah, it's like a 69 degrees of separation. I mean, I mean, six degrees of separation. <laughs> <laughs> you just had to do that, didn't you, Rick? <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the private video, folks. <laughs> We're, we're going to have to do a program that's uh, adult-oriented and with a disclaimer just for giggles. <laughs> come, on, come on my show. We can do it on my show. There's, there's no restrictions on my show, so let's do this. All right. Well, th uh, thank you guys so much for showing up this morning and being on the program. I appreciate it. This went... Uh, went Thanks for inviting us. Not a hitch, and uh, I, I'm going to do it again. I think once a month, maybe. And whenever I don't have a guest, I'll, I'll invite multitudes of guests. So.
go forth and have a fabulous uh, Saturday morning. You're up early for me. <laughs> and we'll catch you uh, soon. And uh, we'll see. We'll say hello to um, Adrian next Saturday here. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Thanks. And Thank have you guys. a great day. This is KXFM 104.7. This is Craig and Rainbow Radio. And uh, I have my replacement here standing behind me. Uh, I got to get some music up for her. <laughs> anyway, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next week. Bye bye now. KXRN LP. Laguna Niguel, Laguna Beach. Member supported. KXFM on 104.7. KXFMradio.org.